Welcome to For the Record, where we go on the record with today's leading influencers and experts to discuss the latest trends in marketing, PR, and learn about the applicability to the business of law. I'm here today with Cami Watson Poiza, a national leader on the topic of public relations and social media strategy. She's an award-winning 20-year veteran of public relations and social media and author of several books, including The New Rules of Marketing and PR, Now is Gone, Professional Blogging for Dummies, Welcome to the Fifth Estate, and Public Relations Writing, Form and Style, which is a PR textbook. Most recently, she wrote the most amazing marketing book ever. She has been quoted and published in media such as Forbes, PR News, Good Morning America, The Isaiah Factor, and more. I met Cami because she recently spoke at the PRSA Icon Conference, where she talked about her adoption and the use of Gen AI for the agency. And I'm excited to bring Cami on our podcast today to share with you all her experience on embracing Gen AI as part of her PR practice. Cami, welcome to our show. I am so glad to be here, Valerie. Thank you for inviting me. Definitely. Be- before we begin talking about Gen AI, wanted to learn a little bit about you, your background, and your agency. Sure. So I started this agency in 2010. So it's been going for a bit. And we work with medium-sized to large brands to help them with their social media strategy and also to do done-for-you social media But um, we really are very well known for helping people to build communities. We've worked uh, with a ton of brands that are, you know, kind of name values. Uh, Probably can't name them any of them because of my contracts with them. So that is what we do. And uh, we really love working with people online to create communities around a brand. That's amazing. We're talking today because Zoetica Media has really embraced Gen AI as part of your agency's PR workflow. Tell me about your experience with Gen AI and, and when you started actually working with Gen AI. Yeah, so a couple of years ago, um, there were some tools that started to come out uh, that were, I'd call them, you know, first generation of the of the content creation types of tools. And so as those started to come out, I started to experiment with them a little bit. And many of them were not good enough to put into the regular workflow yet, uh, because they really were quite bad as far as the output that they gave you. But Mm. I felt like that this particular generative AI was going to be something that we as communicators would have to embrace and understand. And I knew that we needed to start to understand it first. So I'm part of a community and we work on these kinds of issues. And one of the things that we really looked at was generative AI. And we started to run experiments and do different kinds of things like that. And I also started using Midjourney, which is a visual, you know, it makes graphics basically for you uh, a couple of like maybe about seven or eight months ago. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, whenever you first started to use that, you know, you could only get seven fingers on a person. It was just very bad. And so as OpenAI launched what is now known as ChatGPT, which is kind of like the Kleenex, I think of generative AI these days. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. We were right on top of that as well and, and started to use that as well. So then we started to ask, how can we put this into the workflow of the agency? So I'm going to say that we don't depend on it for our agency work for our clients yet, but we are working mm-hmm. on it as a building block to the things that we put together and the processes that we use inside the agency. Great. So then I'm kind of curious, especially as you have kind of adopted it, you're, I think you're one of the 
first agencies that I've heard of that has really embraced and kind of talked about how to use Gen AI. How did you determine if it could be part of your workflow? And and I, I guess for other folks out there who are trying to learn and, and work with Gen AI, that's a question that a lot of people have in their minds. Yeah, I think it's a great question. You definitely need to look at what you think it's going to do for your agency. Again, I don't really believe in it being the output engine for the agency mm-hmm. quite yet, mm-hmm. meaning that I don't see it like write these blog posts for me and then I give them to my client as something that we created for them. What I'm using it for mostly inside the agency is the basis work, the the research work at the bottom, you know, like how do you put together mm-hmm. your avatars, like who are we talking to? And, and it's such a great tool to synthesize a lot of different texts and put them together. So I'm using that with Claude is really excellent at that. By the way, I love Claude for that, which Mm -hmm. is not ChatGPT. But what's great about Claude is you can upload like a PDF, like you can upload a bunch of PDFs about, you know, research around a specific audience or around a, a specific topic. And you can get a really great distillation of that particular topic in such a way that you have a brief. So I like using them for creative briefs to help us to create something that's a little bit more informed than having to go out there and do it all yourself. Got it. Well, that, that's pretty amazing. So I'm kind of curious, how have the clients or, or have you talked to your clients about your use of Gen AI? And if so, have your clients adopted to some of your use of, of Gen AI? Yeah, I mean, I think so. So um, we definitely are talking to our clients about it, especially the ones that we create those types of pieces for. And mm-hmm. I'm very well known for the education side. So I'm always live streaming about it and talking about it. So my clients do know that I do this. And I'm teaching some of my clients how to use it for their workflows. So that's been really interesting as well. Because we also have Smart Social Mastery, which is a an ongoing professional development group that I run. It's a paid community, I guess, membership. And in that membership, I'm teaching people like us, other agency owners, how to do this as well. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm kind of curious, in terms of actually working with your clients, what's the feedback been? Have the mm-hmm. clients been excited about you using the tools and getting education around them? Or has there been some pushback? No, it's actually been amazing. I'm doing um, a research project right now using AI. And they were like, I'm so excited to see how we're going to use AI here. And part of our contract is to teach them how to to use it as well. Got it. Got it. So I know there's been a lot of conversation around how agency marketers and inside marketers handle the ethics related to using Gen AI tools. And, and you kind of talked about this at the PRSA conference as well. Yeah. Um, what are some of the conversations actually happening around the ethics related to using Gen AI, especially for marketing professionals? I think that's such a great question because it does have that bias in it. Because here's the thing about AI. AI takes the content that's already created out in the world and synthesizes it. So if there's any bias in society, which we kind of know that there is, you know, if there's any Mm -hmm. bias out there, then it's going to put it into the work. So you have to correct for that. And there's great ways to do that. You can train the AI as you're putting it in what to look for and what to think about and what to avoid. So you really do have to train the AI. You know, I, I talked a lot in my speech about it being like, it's like a kindergartner, you know, it's like a smart you know, genius child that you have to Mm -hmm. tell them what the parameters are, what the boundaries are. 
I also have talked about it a lot. Like you are a chef. Like, so that's the other thing I think people are afraid of is, will it take my job? Right. And one of the things I think that AI is not great at is common sense. Right. So, you know, I mean, at least, absolutely. You know, Mm -hmm. in theory, um, you know, people have the ability to look at different kinds of things and make a decision based on what I would call common sense. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think we are the chefs. We need to be able to wield the tool, and we need to be able to train the tool. So, yeah, we need to learn how to use it. Yeah, definitely. And I think one of the conversations, especially that we've had, or I've had a couple of conversations with clients, it's like, well, do you use Gen AI tools or not? And I guess the question for for marketers, especially since Gen AI right now is being experimented with and sometimes used, like how often should we disclose it? What type of conversation should we be having with others around our use of Gen AI? I mean, I think that we should be having all kinds of conversations around it because it's being baked into every single tool. Um, mm-hmm. By the day, it is, you know, we we have more and more tools. Even since I saw you at PRSA Icon, there's been several mm-hmm. more announcements of tools that have brought Gen AI into the actual tool. So any kind of software that you're using right now is going to have AI in it. It just got it by its osmosis, you know, by it's going to be everywhere. I would say that part of the problem is legal. Since you guys work mm-hmm. with legal people, I think that's interesting. Yeah. And mm-hmm. most of the legal opinion right now that I've been reading is that most people are saying that nothing that comes out of, a, of an AI can be copyrighted. So that to me is very interesting. Um, And that's going to be really important, especially if somebody wants to create something that has IP that can be um, trademarked or brought into their business. So you really need to keep that in mind. So I think what's going to come out of that, and I don't know, I'm not a lawyer, nor do I play one on the internet. But I do believe what I'm hearing is that, you know, things that are assisted by AI, like, you know, your process is assisted might mm-hmm. be more covered than say something that is generated out, if that makes that's sense. That's correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I've heard as well. Yeah, absolutely. And we're waiting for case law at this point, mm-hmm. I think. Got it. I, I think so as well. I think so as well. I am kind of curious, especially since a lot of the information, at, particularly at law firms, are you know confidential mm-hmm. and um, held by attorney-client privilege, the ability to, to use Gen AI, especially to help either with business development or or marketing just in general can be a little bit troublesome. I'm just kind of curious, what do you recommend, especially when it comes to making sure that your information is private that marketers should think about? I mean, honestly, I think that you need to really consider creating an internal AI bot. So like you don't Mm -hmm. probably want to go dump all your stuff in chat GPT that even though you can turn it off, by the way, you can go into the settings of chat GPT and tell it whatever you put in it, that it can't keep it and it can't use it for training. The problem Mm -hmm. then is you don't have all those cool little um, trained bots on the side that, you know, have all your stuff. So there are new tools that are coming out that absolutely you can create your own bot, like with your own content that doesn't get used by the the large language model that they're using. So they're, they're plugging in an API. I know this is very technical, mm-hmm. but they're plugging yep. in an API and the API only goes one way. It only comes in, mm-hmm. not out. So that you need a, you need a firewall. I mean, for that kind of information, um, there is, and I, I'll have to pull it up for you, but there is a new tool I just saw the other day that's like 
this is for the legal profession so that you can go and look at all the case law. And the only thing that's in it are case law that actually exist, not ones that it makes up because, you know, that poor man that got sued yeah, <laughs> and had to apologize publicly <laughs> and shamed for, for yeah. using fake case law. So I, yeah. I, I feel like that that is something that's coming. Um, but day by day, there's going to be specific AI tools for specific kinds of projects, if that makes sense to you. Uh, yeah. No, no, no. It totally does. Mm-hmm. It totally does. So then I'm kind of curious, what gen AI tools do you use? And what gen AI tools do you recommend to, to folks? Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, right now, I'm loving Claude, um, Claude 2. I I think that that's a great one for being able to use your own documents. I'm definitely using ChatGPT like everyone else because it is kind of the main one that is out there right now that I feel like has, you know, it's gone a certain distance. So that's a really good one. There's another one called Cluzo or Clozo. It's C-L-O-O-Z-O. And that is what I'm building right now with my own content. It's an internal one that Mm -hmm. actually you can grab it. Right now you can get it on... um, like you can get it on, on, on a deal at AppSumo. That's where I got it. I check AppSumo all the time because a lot of these new tools run through AppSumo first to kind of see who mm. they can pull out. And mm-hmm. then, of course, they go to the regular market. and You'll have to pay the regular prices for them. Um, by the time you hear this, you may have to. But those kinds of tools are great because you can create something of your own or for a client that is only trained on their content. And how great is that, right? That is, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. What are some of the use cases that you've done um, with uh, generative AI um, yeah. for your clients? Um, so right now I'm doing a research study and I'm kind of right in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. And that one I think is the most exciting to me at the moment because I want to take, I'm taking a tool that, you know, most people would know about. It's called Hootsuite. <laughs> and we are using <laughs> an, the Insights plugin and we're, mm-hmm. we're pulling stuff off the internet around a particular topic. And then we're going to take that topic and analyze it and see what we co- what comes out from that. So I love the idea that I can take tons and tons of social media posts and then mm-hmm. make sense of them with AI, which is something I'm really looking forward to doing. So that's kind of fun enjoying that. The other ones that I think I'm working on right now, which are more more personal projects to the agency. So we're using it a lot more for the agency output mm-hmm. on our side for our own personal use. Mm-hmm. So one of the cool things we've done is for our own personal use. And we've used this tool called Moon Valley. And I have duplicated my own voice. So because of the book that I wrote, the most amazing marketing book ever, I had to record my chapter for for the audiobook. And so I took mm-hmm. my audio and I uploaded it into Moon Valley and it duplicates my voice. So now I am starting to put together a workflow where we will take our blog posts that I do. So I do a live stream. This is the workflow. I do a live stream every week and then mm-hmm. we write a blog post for the agency website. And Amazing. then I want to take Moon Valley and turn that blog post into a podcast. So I will just use that text and it will read it in my voice. That's amazing. And then I can put those into Hello Audio, which is another tool that I use. And Hello Audio, I can just stack those one on top of another. And then people can subscribe to my blog as an audio podcast. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. You have a pretty big following right now. So I'm sure that'll get a, a larger following for sure. 
for yeah. sure. And it's a good way too for people that, you know, they it's it's great also for people who are blind to be able to hear um, and listen. Mm-hmm. So it, it makes it easier. And it's in my voice, which is nice because then I, you know, grow a relationship with them in that way. Amazing. So uh, actually last week I went to the LMA conference, in which case there was a session I attended on Gen AI. Um, and it it got people starting to work with ChatGPT. You know, that said, I attended your PRSA session and I thought you had some amazing tips on how PR people can get started on effectively using Gen AI compared to the LMA conference. And what I liked about your tips is about you were able to narrow down how you can actually create better worked output for the personas that you're trying to reach. So mm-hmm. can you please tell our audience a little bit about how to effectively use Gen AI tools and maybe perhaps tell us, give us some great tips on that? Sure, I'll try. Um, there's a bunch of things I do. Uh, one of them is to teach the AI how to speak like you speak. That's mm-hmm. really very important, I think, especially if you're using ChatGPT. Even if you're using the free version, you can go into the custom instructions, which is a little gear and you just go into there and you can have it talk like you. And one of the things that I've done is I've taken a bunch of things I've written myself and I will load them up into ChatGPT and give them give ChatGPT that text and say, please analyze this text. And it will analyze like for voice and for those kinds of things. Like what, what is the style of this text? Basically, you mm-hmm. ask it that question and then you put some of your writing in there and then it will come back and it will give you a description of your own writing. And then you can look at it and see, is that how I want to come across? And you can actually adjust that and put it in the custom instructions. By the way, I was just talking to a friend of mine the other day, and we were talking about this as far as the biases that we were talking about earlier. And she's written mm-hmm. an entire anti-bias statement for how it should talk. And I was like, I kind of stole a few of those from her as well. So that's really, really cool. She has hers like, you know, non-gendered. Um, mm-hmm. She has in, in her instructions that, it, that not, to have non-gendered output. Um, it's very, very interesting to me. So I feel like that that's really cool that you can do that. And even if you're using the free version, so you don't even have to be in the paid version to do this. So those custom instructions are really, really critical to get your voice in there. And by the way, you can turn those on and off. So like, if you want to use that, there's like just a little slider, you turn it on and off. Mm -hmm. So if you want to create something in somebody else's voice, like a client's voice or or a brand voice. So you can come up with that. So what's great about it is that AI can help you create it. You don't have to figure it all out yourself. Mm-hmm. One of the things you can ask AI is like, how can I make this sound like me? Like, what do you need from me, AI, for you to write something in my voice? And it will actually spell out for you exactly what I just explained to you. So it can be your guide as well. That's really, really helpful. The other thing that you had mentioned too was actually doing your homework and creating the prompt before the prompt yes. so that the prompts could be more effective. Yes. And I was curious if you could explain that a little bit because I think what a lot of people don't understand, at least when I went to the LMA conference, is that you actually have to do your homework and you have to do a lot of prep work before you actually use the prompts. So could you explain a little bit about that type of concepts for our audience? Yes. Thank you so much. That is so true. So uh, right now, everybody's trying to sell you like a book of prompts, a dictionary of prompts, uh, whatever. And the problem with prompts in general is that you put a prompt in and it may work today, but like tomorrow you may put the same prompt in and it may not do the same thing again. 
that's the thing about generative AI. It's not really conditioned to follow those prompts the same way because it's learning, right? So every time it's learning more stuff and it's changing the way things, something happens. So Mm -hmm. what you need to do before you actually create a prompt is what I call basically a recipe. You need a recipe for how you're going to interact with it. I often say those people who were, you know, manual writers or something, you know, that wrote big, long technical manuals or something, or it must be great at... (laughs) at AI, because that's basically yeah. what you're trying to do is you're trying to give the AI context before it starts to write anything at all. So mm-hmm. spending time asking it questions and also putting in there what exactly you expect. Like I am, uh, you're going to write like a expert in astrophysics, whatever it is you're writing about, right? You want it to teach it what exactly you want it to do. And so there's a lot of little steps in advance that you need to do. And there, it's it really is a conversation with the AI, which is a little bit weird, I think, for us. Um, mm-hmm. But that is really, really what it requires is having this pretty long conversation with the AI um, so, and say, do you understand this? Um, or what do you not understand? Or what do you feel is missing out of this? And that AI will continually give you input of what else it needs. That's awesome. That's, that's really, really helpful. Are there any other considerations that you could provide as it relates to using Gen AI tools or training Gen AI tools, especially as we be, have it become part of our everyday marketing practice? You know, you're an early adopter. What other considerations that you you can provide, especially as we start working with Gen AI as part of our everyday, you know, workflow, you know? Yeah. So I feel like that over the next couple of years or even months, <laughs> it's going really fast, that there yeah. are going to be a lot of new tools that are going to come into the marketplace that you're going to need to evaluate. And I think that those tools and those evaluations are going to be, it's time intensive and difficult. So mm-hmm. one of the things you may do is you may buy all into one tool and go all the way down and drill on it. And that's fine. Being careful to look at what your use cases are and continually test whether the tools that you have currently get you there. So for example, I was telling you that there's a lot of concern around the enterprise and protecting mm-hmm. IP. And so there's a lot of tools that are coming out that are going to say, hey, you know, what we do for you that's better than ChatGPT is make sure that your content is safe, you know, like it's inside the firewall mm-hmm. or whatever it is. So you need to look at your particular needs for your particular clients and customers and yourself too, as for your, especially if you're a, I mean, if you're a law firm, this is really critical, right? So there's no mm-hmm. doubt. I would not put the name of my clients into ChatGPT ever. Like mm-hmm. I don't use the names of clients or their identifying details in their for anything. I talk very generally, very broadly about topics and content. Um, That's how I use ChatGPT. And it's kind of like a sidekick, if you will. There's other Mm -hmm. tools too that are out there as well that are employing AI. For example, there's one called Opus, O-P-U-S. And Opus is a AI that takes a piece of video and goes through it and pulls out three, four, five, depends on how many it can get, short videos for you. So it could take a really long video and go through and decide, oh, this is a really good place where you make a good point. And it gives you a virility score on there, like how likely it is to be viral. I'm not sure if that's a true score, but what it says is you had a good hook here. It's looking for hooks. And that's exactly what it's trained to do. So I use that all the time for my long live streams and it's been very useful. So there's a lot of things out there that are going to cut your time down. And so that's what you're looking for. You're looking for the tools that will help 
you know, shorten the amount of time it takes for you to get your work done. And that I think is the main thing I look for is the productivity gains. That's amazing. I know we're running out of time. Are there any other things that you can think of where marketers need to be aware of as it relates to Gen AI or maybe some upcoming trends that we should be aware of? Yeah, a couple of things. First of all, you're going to need to keep your eye on the rules and regulations around AI because I think they're going to shift a lot in the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. So you need to make sure you have you know your your news stations on and you keep that tuned up. I definitely keep my eye on that daily so you can follow me on LinkedIn and other places where I definitely talk about this. So you need to find people to follow or you know get your news for. So keep on top of that because those things are changing pretty quickly based on all kinds of things, including case law as it goes through the system. So for example, that's why I can say with some confidence that it's very hard to retain copyright permission for AI stuff. I just saw some artists lose a copyright law, uh, copyright, you know, claim about Mm -hmm. their own actually created works because they didn't put them into the copyright system, like the the formal system. So I think copyright in general will become really important for actual created works that you do Mm -hmm. personally and your clients do personally. So uh, before, you know, it's like, hey, you know, once it's out there and people know it's yours, it's yours, right? Um, They lost that case, that part of the case, which I feel like is really scary for people who create things. So copyright is going to become really important. And hey, that's maybe a really good area for some of your the people who listen to your podcast that it might be a great place to lean in. I've also seen some things around contracts that people are going to be really concerned about having the AI, you know, in the contract, like, are we going to be talking about what's allowed and what's not allowed? And I've had one law firm already pitch me for like, you know, here's some legal terminology that we're starting to put into contracts for agencies. And I'm like, wow, okay, yeah, yeah, I can see why we need that. Yes. Okay. So I just feel like there's a lot of opportunity around this. People say you're going to lose your job, but I think there's a lot of opportunities that can be had. So yeah, that's, I guess, maybe what I would say to this audience is that you really need to be thinking about where do you fit in this picture? That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on our podcast. Uh, where can people find you if they're they're curious and want to be in touch for, for more information? Yeah, thank you. So you can go to my, I have a website. It's camichat.com, K-A-M-I-C-H-A-T.com. And it goes to a page that has basically anywhere you want to reach me, you can reach me. It'll give you all the all the places. LinkedIn is a really good one for me. And you can get to my LinkedIn page from there. I also have my live streams there and all the other things that I'm doing. Awesome. Thank you so much, Cammie, for your wonderful guidance on chat GPT and Gen AI. Thanks, Valerie. It was great to talk to you. 